Daddy Ball Podcast. Today we're going to talk about the myths that are involved with college baseball recruiting, and I'm sure they apply to other areas in sports for college recruiting, but specifically my research has been on college baseball recruiting and just some of the major myths that uh, I've come across and some that I, be- I used to believe in my own that I find through my research has been to be false. First one is the players that believe that if I'm good enough, they will find me, meaning that if I'm such a good ball player, therefore I don't need to worry about my coaches, myself, or anybody else reaching out to college coaches because I have such talent that college coaches will hear about me, will find me, and I will get a college scholarship. That's not true. Sorry, just not true. Uh, you, There are probably, a, I would guess, there are hundreds of really good um, baseball players in high school that don't go on to play to college because the colleges just don't know they exist. It's not the good old days where college coaches used to go to high school games and that sort of thing or, um, you know, they, they or they even nowadays they don't go to tons of showcases and camps and you know they're not all over the place searching for players. Even if you're really good, you still got to market yourself. I talked about it in my last uh, podcast that basically in order to play college baseball, you have to be willing to market yourself to the colleges you believe that you can play at and that you believe you are that you want to go to. You know, you want to make sure you want to go there. You want to make sure that you're, if it's a D1 school, that you're D1 material. If you're, if it's a D2 school, D3, NAIA, JUCO, that you fit in with that program. Most importantly, in my eyes, it needs to be a school that fits you. It's going to have a program that uh, you wanted to go to college for, that because eventually baseball ends. The odds of reaching the MLB, not very good. So if you're going to college believing you're going to the MLB, you still should have a backup plan. But anyway, just because you're a really good ball player doesn't mean colleges will follow, will find you. You have to be willing to market yourself. You need to be reaching out to college coaches. You need to be reaching out to the recruiting uh, coaches that are at these universities. You need to research the universities. Do they have the programs that you have? Um, even D1 schools are really good. If you're a really good ball player and you think you're going to go D1, D1 might not even be good for you. You might be better off going JUCO. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. It could have to do with if you plan on going to the MLB draft. It could have to do with you know, how much playtime you're going to get because of D1 levels, especially at the really good D1 schools. You may be a really, really good pitcher or a really, really good shortstop, but as a freshman, you may not play. So to answer the myth, if I'm good enough, they will find me, just not the truth. You have to be marketing yourself. You have to have people in your corner or you have to be doing it yourself and marketing yourself, contacting college coaches, having videos of, um, you know, you playing if you're a pitcher, have you throwing? Have you throwing a record of your exactly how fast you are? You're throwing the ball. Um, if you're a position player, um, you know v- coaches want to see videos. They're probably not going to come see you unless they've seen you in a video and they could look at it and go, "Okay, this kid has potential." So, myth number one: If I'm good enough, they will find me. That's a false. That's false. You need to work. It's a lot of work involved to go play ball in, in college. Uh, go play college baseball. So you need to be able to market yourself. You need to be able to do it. If you believe that, unfortunately, um, and if you follow that thought process all the way through high school till you graduate, you might not be playing at college, uh, playing college baseball. All right, next one is my high school coach or my travel coach will find me a scholarship. You know, some high school coaches, some travel coaches, some are ex-ball player, uh, MLB players, some are ex-minor league players, some are ex-college coaches, some are have never played beyond high school. Some have played in high school. Some played in college. 
Um, there's all the different levels of these coaches, but just because they have the experience doesn't mean they have the connections. And to be honest, just because they played the game, even at the MLB level, doesn't mean they know that you are, that you should or should not be in the MLB. Some of them aren't qualified uh, to make that decision. So please don't rely on your high school or your travel coach to find you a scholarship, to find you a college, t a college baseball program to play, to play with. Now, there are some good organizations that do have connections and that do work extremely hard um, to get their players to, into uh, play college baseball. Find those programs if there's some near you, and, and those, that might help. But no matter what, you need to be doing exactly what I said with the first myth was you need to be marketing yourself. You have to be taking on some ownership and some responsibility because if you want to play college baseball, you have to take ownership of it. Even if you have somebody in your corner, a coach, you know, travel coach, an organization, some of these uh, recruiting programs that are going to do marketing for you, coaches are still going to want to talk to you. Coaches are still going to want to see you. They're, so you have to be ready to market yourself, talk about yourself, represent yourself to these college coaches, and get them to understand why you would be a good fit for their program. You need to know about their program. A college coach, just because you're a good ball player, if you know absolutely nothing about their program, um, you don't know who the coach is. You don't know what their records were last season. Um, you know, maybe even some of the players on that team, especially at the higher levels. You know, if you have go and meet with a coach and you know nothing about their program, nothing about their school, whether they even have your your academic major, these coaches might not look at you because then they're going to feel you're just disinterested. So don't rely on your high school coach. Don't rely on your travel uh, travel team coach. Um, solely for in order to get you to a, uh, play college baseball. You have to take ownership for it. You must, you must market yourself. You must be in contact with these colleges. Now, if you happen to have somebody in your organization or at your high school that can, that is trying to help, make sure you let them know. Tell them, hey, I've already talked to or I've already sent information to this college and to this college. You know, I gave them your information because college coaches are going to want to talk to your travel coach. They may want to talk to your high school coach. Um, so give them a heads up. Your high school coach and your travel coach, give them a heads up. Tell them, hey, I'm, I've already reached out to these people. I gave them your number, you know, and obviously before you do that, make sure your travel coach and your high school coach actually think that they're going to give you a good recommendation, that they're going to give the college coaches a true assessment that you are able to play at that level, whether it's D1, D2, D3, or NAIA or JUCO. Um, just make sure, you know, um, because if that's not the case, college coach is going to call your travel ball coach um, or talk to him at a game when he comes to see you if he gets your schedule, and that coach might not give the information to that college coach to that college coach that you were hoping they would, and that of course will hurt your chances. So just make sure you're communicating well with college coaches, you're communicating well with your travel coach, and in some cases your high school coaches can help you out as well. So that's the second myth. The third one is the one I find the most interesting. Um, uh, look. You know, the organization that my son plays for has a 3.0 mandatory in order to play on the scout team. Um, if you don't have good grades, you're, you're going to be hard to get to play in college. A lot of, you know, the myth is good grades don't matter. If you're a good athlete, so you'll, you'll play in college. Well, that may happen in a rare instance, but reality is that doesn't usually happen. Um, these college, first of all, good grades is a huge plus for a college coach because a he does he knows he doesn't have to worry about you uh, handling the academics when you're at the college level because co you know college baseball is basically a job. 
you have a strict program that you need to follow and include your academics, includes your workouts, includes uh, your teams, your team meetings and all that kind of stuff. Um, you have to be able to handle that and handle the academics at the college level. So good grades that you having good grades now in high school is huge positive for a college coach to see because then you can feel confident you can handle that. Also, if you have good grades and the coach really wants you, it makes it that much easier for him to offer you scholarships. You know, this whole thing about, oh, my son's going to get a full ride or, you know, he's going to get four years full ride to this D1 school or this D2 school or D3 or anywhere. I'm sorry, that doesn't happen that often. You know, even at the D1 level, there's 11.7 scholarships available for a roster of 25. So they're looking to give out half scholarships, quarter scholarships. And when I say these, I'm talking about your athletic scholarships, the baseball scholarships. They're going to look to give you a half or a third or a half, I mean, or a quarter. You know, they're not hoping to give you a full uh, athletic scholarship. What they want is you to have good grades. If you have good grades, then they could, they may not even have to use any of their athletic scholarships, and they can get you an uh, academic scholarship at their university or their college so that you can go to their school for close to very, you know, close to nothing or very little out of pocket and still have their athletic scholarships so that they can go out and recruit so your team is competitive. But if you think if you don't have good grades, you have a very, uh, very hard climb to get to play college baseball. College coaches, 99, 98% of them will want you to have really, really good grades. You know, some colleges it's 2.5, some of it's 3.0, some of it's 3.5. Now, they may not advertise that it's 3.5, but when they're going through their list of potential um, players and candidates to, to be on their roster from specific graduating years, they're going to be, you know, all right, where's this kid at? Oh, he's a 2.9? No, we want a 3.5, or we want a 3.4, or a 3.25. So the better you have your grades, the easier it is going to you to play in college, play college baseball. Also, if you're an average ball player, you know, you're not one of the studs. You're just an average ball player. You got a decent bat. You're you got really good uh, fielding skills. Or you're a pitcher that's throwing in maybe 80, throwing 81, but you got some really nasty off-speed stuff. But you have really good college grades. There's a, there are programs. I would even say at the D1 level that would, if you have good grades, they'll look at you because they know they can put you in their bullpen, they can put you on their roster, and you're going to be able to survive the whole year and not flunk out academically. So. The myth that if good grades don't matter if you're really good, that's false. That's another myth that uh, I've heard um, quite a few times, um, you know, whether it be on message boards or Facebook or anywhere else or even from people that I know. I don't care how good you are. If you're not doing it academically, it's going to be real hard for you to uh, go play ball in college. The next one I want to look at is I, I touched on this last time. You know, you get an email from a college coach, you get an email from a university, you get an email from the head coach at a college, the head baseball coach, and you think because it has his name on it and it has your first name, Dear John or Dear Jeff, might even have your last name, doesn't mean you're getting recruited. Just because you receive an email from a coach, was the myth is, if, I'm, if I receive an email from a coach or a college, that I'm being recruited. That's just not true. Most of the time, they're all about their camps um, or showcases that they may be going to that they're associated with. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, just because you got the email doesn't mean you're being recruited. Even if you're on their list somewhere, they may want you to come there because they're looking at you. And I guess you're kind of quasi being recruited. 
But unless you're having personal contact with college coaches, specifically talking about you as a player, what you can do, what your numbers are, how fast you throw, how fast you run, what your velocity is on your fastball if you're a pitcher or you're on a curveball, you know, unless you're having those individual conversations or at least your travel ball coach or or one of your co- your high school coach are having with these college coaches, you're not being recruited. So just because you get an email doesn't mean you're being recruited. A lot of this time, it's a lot of this is about money, especially for their camps. You know, they send it out to 2,000 kids. They get 100 kids to show up. Um, they charge them two to $800 a pop. And, you know, maybe they'll find somebody that's really good. Maybe they won't. Maybe they know who's coming and they want to see those guys live. Um, but they're making money for their program because they have to pay for their program. So they hold these camps. So the myth is if you receive an email from a college coach or just or the college in general that you're being recruited and that's not that's just not the case. All right. The next myth that I wanted to touch on is division 1 is the only and best option. Hear this all the time, you know, D1, everybody wants to go D1 program, they want to go to LSU, they want to go to University of Florida or, or go to the U in Miami or uh FSU um, or plenty of other D1 programs, but that's the only option. And I, it's understandable. You go into any sporting goods store and you see their sweatshirts sitting on the, uh, on the wall or on the racks. You know, you can get, get a Gator shirt or a Seminole shirt or a Hurricane shirt for the University of Miami. Um, or the, I think it's the, what, the LSU Tigers. You can get a Tiger shirt. Just because they're in those, uh, those stores and they have a lot of, they're out there more, they're seen, they're much more popular, people think that's the only way to go. But that's not true. Even if you are a super stud and you and you think you, you're D1 material, going to Division One may not be your best option. Maybe if you're really, really good and you decide to go to college and you play D1, you're held back from going into – and you have the possibility of going to the MLB, you know, to get drafted, to go into the minor leagues. If you go D1, you're held off for two years. You can't go into that MLB draft until you're a junior. From what I understand, you, until you're a junior. So let's say you're really good and you get and you're going to the MLB draft straight out of high school. But let's say you only get drafted in I don't know the fifteenth round, and you get you know a signing bonus of thirty thousand dollars, and you say you know nah, that's not worth it. I'm going to go to college. Well now you go D one. Well if once you sign up with a D one school, you're ineligible for the MLB draft. I think it's for the first two years while you're a freshman and a sophomore. You cannot go into the MLB draft. Again, until your junior year. However, if you go to a JUCO or uh, or an NAIA, you can then, in your freshman year, if you all of a sudden you just put up monster numbers and you have uh, Major League Scouts talking to you and they think you're going to go higher than you went before and you want to take that opportunity, you now can because you're not held back by the rules of Division, of division One. So just because you're going Division One <coughs> doesn't mean, it's, it's because you're a Division One player, doesn't mean it's the best option for you. Um, that's something you really need to think about. You really need to discuss that. Now, some of you, most of you who are trying to play college baseball are not thinking MLB. You're thinking, I'm going to go play in college, get a college degree out of it. And even then, just because you're able to go D1 doesn't mean you should. What if you're a, a good player, not a great player, or and you, but you're better than average, and you get an offer to go to a D1 school? Well, think about it. What are the odds that you're a D1 shortstop and you're getting recruited to go be a D1 shortstop, how much playtime are you going to get as a freshman 
or as a sophomore. They're already going to have quality players that they recruited two years before or a year before for those exact positions that are probably going to start over you because you're not a stud. Remember, we said you're above average, but you're not super great. So, you you know, you can have the hype that, yeah, I'm a D1. I went to a D1 school. That's great. But if you really want to play, maybe D1's not best for you. I mean, uh, last year's World Series in the playoffs, I think it was like 35, 36 players. They all went to JUCOs first. A lot of them went JUCO for two years, and then they went to D1 schools after that. You can go to – a lot of times you can do that. You can go from a, from a lower-level school, uh, lower-division school, and then go into – in your junior and senior year to a D1 school and start. It's all about playtime. You don't get better unless you're playing. So just because you're a D1 talent doesn't mean you necessarily need to go D1. You really need to consider, and if you're being recruited by a D1 school, you need to try to have those conversations with those coaches about, you know, who's ahead of you? Who's the shortstop or the first baseman or the or the center fielder ahead of you? You know, what's your pitching staff look like now? I mean, what's the real what's the reality of me getting a start or even any playing time, or, or you're going to be limited. You're going to have limited playing time in your freshman and sophomore year. Sure, you'll practice with the team, but if you're not playing, is that what you're willing to do for your first two years of college? You know, and also there's the myth, too, about Division two and Division three um, schools because they're lower divisions, that they're not as good academically or even athletically competitive compared to D1 schools, but that's just not true. I live in Florida. D1, D2 schools here in Florida are easily competitive with D1 schools everywhere else in the country. There's a lot of D2 schools here in Florida that could compete at the D1 level. Remember, the Division I, Division II, Division III, NAIA, and JUCO, they're all, the division they're in is all based on the size of the school, the number of students that go to that school. So you have to have a certain number of students in order to compete at, a diff, at different levels. So there are a lot of quality D2 and D3 schools that will have really good academics and they can have really good uh, athletic competitive baseball programs. There are D1 schools that they're D1 because they're big schools. They have lots of students. They're known schools, but maybe their baseball program isn't that competitive. It does happen. So again, that's all part of the research that you have to do when it comes down to researching where you want to go, what division fits best for you. Is it D1? Is it D2? Is it D3? Is it NAIA um, or is even a JUCO good for you? Go two years to a junior college, get your associates or even not, and then transfer into a D1 or a D2 school from there. Because there's a lot of kids that are going to go, and maybe they're not physically ready when they graduate high school to play D1 baseball. But by the time they're done with their, their two years at a JUCO or an NAIA school, they've physically gotten stronger, they've gotten bigger, they've gotten better. Because in a JUCO, you play a lot more baseball games than you play at the other levels. So you have the ability to play and improve, and maybe by the time you're going into your junior year, you now have more ability, and you can now go play at a higher level D1 or, or D2 school. Just something to think about. You know, Don't be stuck on going to a D1 school because you can go buy their sweatshirt at basically any uh, sporting goods store, especially if you live near those D1 schools. Um, they're great to have, and it's always great for your parents and, and for your family, your grandma and grandpa and brother and sister. Yeah, my, my, son, my brother and my son... My grandson, he goes to such and such school. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. That's all great, but <clears throat> that doesn't mean it's the best situation for you. It's just something to think about. Uh, and this, the next myth is college coaches only recruit top players. That's not true, especially when you get to D2, D3, NAI, and JUCO. 
first of all, all these D1 staffs are not, uh, rosters are not full with, you know, all the top players. There's position players. There's guys that can do, they do the job they need to get done so they can win. Um, so coaches don't only recruit top players. If you're a halfway decent baseball player, you enjoy, you love the game, you have a good work ethic, you're good academically, you could play college baseball if you do everything you need to do with marketing yourself to the proper colleges, um, doing the proper things. You do have a really good shot at playing college baseball. A lot of people don't know what it takes to play college baseball, um, and I don't mean from the baseball side of it, I mean from the marketing side of it. They don't know who they need to talk to. Um, they believe a lot of these myths that we're going over here today, and because of that, they don't play college baseball. It's as simple as that. You need again. I'm going to keep saying it. You need to market yourself. You need to have a website. You need to have videos. You need to know your stats. You need to know your SATs, your ACTs. You need to have you know contact information for any co any coaches that you have, high school, travel ball, that kind of thing, in order to go. Um, then the next myth is all colleges offer uh, athletic scholarships. That's not true either. This goes back to what we talked about before about having good grades. If you go to a D3 baseball school, you, they do not offer academic scholarship. I mean, uh, athletic scholarships. You cannot get a baseball scholarship to play at a D3 school. But if you have good academics and you are a good ball player, they can college coaches can help you get uh, academic money and offer you a spot on their roster. This is where your college grades... Uh, your high school grades come into play. If you want to play uh, college baseball, the better your grades are, the better your opportunity to go play college baseball. Not all, and even at the D, as I said before, the uh, and it, you know when I talked about, uh, uh, I forget which one it was, but D1 schools only have 11.7 scholarships. They have a minimum of what, 24, 25 man roster, sometimes more. So how are they going to give everybody an ath athletic scholarship if they only have 11.7? And that's only the D1 schools that are fully funded. There are some D1 schools that are their uh, baseball program might not be fully funded. So they don't have the full 11.17 scholarships, 11.7 um, scholarships. If Even if they do, there's no way they can offer everybody an athletic scholarship. At 11.7, they're leaving 12, 13 guys without money. That's why they would much prefer if you have good academics, they can offer you a quarter or a half or maybe no athletic scholarship. But because of your grades, they can offer you a spot on the team and give you an academic scholarship. So again... Make sure your, your grades are there. Um, just because you're a good ball player doesn't matter if you are a bad student. So keep that in mind. <coughs> um, and the last one that we're going to uh, talk about, and I touched on this in the previous podcast, was your child will be discovered at showcases and camps and clinics. That's all I have to do. Sorry. If you're just spending the money to go to these showcases and camps and clinics and you are having no conversations with coaches, college coaches prior to going to these things, and you think you're going you're gonna to be, you are going to be discovered by a college coach, the likelihood of that happening is slim and none. You need to be in contact with college coaches. If you know you're going to a specific camp, and you want to go to a specific school, and that school's coach is supposed to be there, contact that coach. Coach, I'm interested in joining your program to play baseball for the your school. Um, here's a link to my website. It shows you my videos. I'm a you know third baseman, 2021 graduate year. I'd love the opportunity to meet with you at, at the camp. I'm I'm signed up to go. I'd love for you to come take a look at me um, and see if there, if you believe I'm a fit for your program. 
They may respond, they may not, but at least now you've made an effort to contact that coach. Your best camps are the ones where there's two or three colleges that you're interested in going to. Then you contact all those coaches. Send them your information. Send them your travel ball and high school coach contact information. The more information they have, the more likely they are to add you to some sort of a list somewhere so when they go to that camp that they know you're going to be at and you know they're going to be at, they can say, all right, let's go take a look at this kid. The other thing is you also have an opening now. You see that coach there? Hey, coach, I'm so-and-so. I sent you an email a couple months back about, you know, I'm interested in coming to your program. I know you guys went 21-3 uh, last season or whatever it is. Talk about their school. <clears throat> Let them know you're interested. If you do all that, you have a much better chance of playing college baseball. But if you're just going to sit back and pay all this money to go to these showcases and camps and clinics and do none of the legwork beforehand, yeah, work. You have to work. Just like you got to work at your craft of baseball, you got to work at getting to play college baseball. If you're not going to do the work, you will not play college baseball unless you're one of the very, very few lucky ones that gets discovered. So those are just some of the myths that I've come across uh, over the last few years in doing my research, trying to get things ready for my son and what we can expect. Um, so I hope that helps out again, helps out somebody out there. Maybe something I said was something you believed, and then you, now you know that that's not the case. And if you're still not sure and you think I'm wrong, go look it up. Go find out. Because if you think, you know, was anything of what I said is incorrect, and your son or you directly through the ball player... Uh, if you believe that that doesn't apply to you, I feel bad for you because this is the reality of being recruited to play college baseball. You need to know what it takes to get recruited at college baseball. That's why these scouting services exist, because a lot of people don't know what to do. So they get you to lay out two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000, and then they do the some of the work for you. But the reality is, even when what they do, you still got to do the work. You still got to talk to the coaches. You still got to know the information. They'll, you know, these scout, these recruiting services, their best thing that they can do for you is they can help get in contact with coaches. But this is all stuff you can do yourself. Uh, some people don't have the money to pay for these recruiting services. So they have to do it themselves. And if you want to play college baseball, money shouldn't be an issue. Just take the initiative, do the work, do what's necessary. Market yourself to these colleges. Market yourself in a smart way. Um, that's it. I just wanted to go over the myths that I, you know, some of the myths that I've come across uh, about uh, getting recruited to play college baseball. Um, this is the Daddy Ball Podcast. I hope that helps somebody out there, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.